Fostering with Love, Episode 7, for Monday, August 23rd. Falling in Love, Adoption. Hey, I'm Dan, and I'm joined here with my better half as kind of a special episode. Uh, my wife, Katie, is joining me today, and I uh, have a few things to talk about. Um, so, how's it going, Katie? Good. <laughs> um, the first thing we thought was uh, adoption. Um, it's kind of uh, how our whole journey started before we thought about being foster parents. We wanted to adopt, and so we actually went through a private adoption agency, and we're still waiting to be placed with a child. Uh, it's a local agency, so children within 100 miles of where we live in Washington um, would be placed with us, and in most cases we would be able to take the child home right from the hospital. And uh, one thing about it is it's very expensive. Uh, it's a lot less than overseas, but it's still <laughs> a huge sum of money. And so we actually looked into doing foster care. Uh, but we were like, you know, it could take four to five kids before you might get a placement. And at the time, we just thought, we just can't do that emotionally. How can we invest in these kids and love them? like they're our own, and then see them go. It would be like losing a child to death. I mean, um, it would be really hard to deal with. Um, but uh, then um, a lot less birth moms were coming into the agency, and they were at maximum capacity for the parents uh, wanting to adopt. And uh, what? how long does it usually take? Nine months? About nine months or so. And now it's been... How long? Nine months. Been about nine months. Well, I guess it actually... you, This one placed within about four months, um, generally. But everybody has been waiting nine to 15 months currently. Right. So it's taken a lot longer than we were expecting. And so we looked into foster care again. Um... And I think Katie's always had a heart for this, but I kind of had a heart change. And we even said, hey, let's do foster care, even to just do it as foster parents, not just fost to adopt. And um, I was on the fence for a while, and then I said, all right, let's do it. Then when we went to the training classes and heard all the sad stories and the statistics of how many kids need homes... It's a crazy number. In episode two, I gave some statistics on that. Um, this is a huge need for parents and, ho and safe homes for these kids to go to. And then I had a huge heart change, and I was really excited for our first placement and to start doing foster care. And um, I'd say at first when we got into this, we were thinking, oh, we'll be fine if our first placement goes home, but... Now it's kind of like we're getting pretty attached to them, and uh, 
we're not sure it could go either way that we could adopt him someday and this would be his forever home or he could go home. And so uh, that could be really rough, as I said, on our son, but also on us because we're getting attached to him. And uh, so that's just something that uh, we're going to have to deal with and um, it's going to be hard, but I guess we'll just face that challenge when it comes. Um, anything else you have thoughts about that? No? All right. Um, all right. Well, something else that I wanted to talk about to kind of clarify a few things I said in the last episode was that um, the four-month-old guy we have, I said that we needed to let him be on his be on the floor and be in a bouncy chair to have time to himself to let him learn how to self-soothe. Uh, I should have also mentioned that most foster kids especially are in the crucial point in their lives, especially when they're really young, that they need to learn how to bond because they've been neglected. I think neglect is one of the m biggest reasons foster kids are taken away from their homes. So, um... Uh, so our little four-month-old guy came to us uh, from his from his mom, um, who had taken him to the hospital for croup and um, was a known drug addict. Um, and he came to us, and every time we would hold him, he was completely happy. He'd usually fall asleep in our arms. We couldn't get him to... Uh, make eye contact or smile or talk or coo or um, reach for toys or hold onto our fingers to do anything like that and um, a few days after we got him I met the birth mom at a doctor's appointment and she told me that he doesn't like car seats and he only wants to be held and so she recommended that I do what she did, which was to put him in like a snuggy pouch that doesn't didn't have a place for his feet to go out of. So he was like an, in the fetal position all the time, with his head completely supported, um, and that's how she did life with him. And she never took him out of it except to change a diaper. She even fed him in it. Um, which would probably explain a lot of the issues that he has. He's got some neurological issues from it. Um, he has some um, poor sucking and poor feeding issues that, and eating issues that come along with that. Um, and when we got him, he could barely hold his head, if at all. If you put him on his stomach on the floor, he couldn't lift his head off the floor. He did not reach for toys. He did not squeeze your fingers. He didn't move his hands or his legs. And he basically laid there like he was a two-day-old baby and and cried all the time, like incessant crying. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you put him down Stressful. for five seconds, like I would put him down to help my son do something or tie his shoes or whatever, and he would scream like I had just dropped him on his head on concrete and he would cry like that forever and ever and ever and 
one morning I had to run some errands and I put him in the car seat and he screamed for an hour and 45 minutes in the car. Whether I held a pasty in his mouth or got out and talked to him, it didn't matter. He just screamed until I picked him up out of his car seat and held him and then he just fell asleep in my arms. And um, that's when it, it had been about three days of kind of fighting this, not knowing really what had gone on until I knew that Mom had held him basically 24 hours a day, um, mostly out of convenience, not necessarily because she wanted to bond with him, um, but it was easier than letting him learn to be okay. She just held him so that he didn't cry. If he whimpered at all, she, um, you know, put him put him to sleep, and he slept with her at night. So he slept through the night, basically from birth, because she just kept soothing him until he slept through the night. And when we got him, he was up every 20 minutes, literally every 20 minutes crying, because um, foster kids are not allowed to sleep in your bed, nor do we want our kids to sleep in our bed. Um, and so he had a really rough time with that, learning to sleep in a cradle and not being held all the time. And after, now we've had him almost seven weeks, I think, mm -hmm. six weeks, seven weeks, and he is able to hold his head up. He reaches for toys. He moves and kicks his hands. He likes to play in the exer saucer and will sit in a bouncy chair or the swing. And um, he's learned to fuss a little when he wants to be held. And he has learned um, how, like, different, he has different cries now for feeding. And when we got him, every cry was a, was the exact same. You just, just dropped me out. on yeah. concrete. Screaming his head off. Yeah. He, like, people, I'm sure our neighbors thought we were beating him. <laughs> <laughs> but we really weren't. Um, and our actually, our two-year-old just kept saying, he cries too much, he's loud. <laughs> and he wanted his older sister back that we had had for three days in that time. And, mm -hmm. and say, send the baby home, I want... <laughs> the older sister over and over and over and he'd walk around plugging his ears and so the only thing you could do to get through the day was to hold him because he had been held so much and we think it's important to hold a child and to love him and cuddle with him and talk to him and yeah, sing to play him. with him and lay with him on the floor um, and I think maybe that was Miss Yeah, I think I, I could have said that better and maybe it came across as all children should have to be left alone or something, but uh, in most cases with foster care, maybe there's neglect there, so you should hold them even more than maybe you would a normal child who's had great development and uh, lots of nurturing. But uh, Which this guy was neglected because right. he was held all the time and not allowed to function normally right. and grow and develop. And so... For specific things that, I mean, when we're driving in the car, he's in, obviously, the the next seat back because of airbags and stuff. And so there's nothing you can do to soothe him. You can't reach your driving or even in the passenger seat. So, you know, he's just crying uncontrollably, uncontrollably the whole time. Or we're sitting down to eat dinner and we're feeding two kids and we're eating and now we can sit him, we usually sit him in the bouncy chair facing us on the table so we don't have to hold him while eating. We can just eat and 
usually Katie feeds the little nine-month-old, eight-month-old guy. But um, and it's interesting because he was um, our nine, almost nine-month-old little guy is um, a little different in the fact that right. we are trying to hold him more because he wasn't held very much. He doesn't want to be held when he's fed a bottle. He wants to do it on his own. Um, he likes to just lay on the floor and drink his bottle. He would prefer not to be held and touched and read to. He wants to go after toys and play. Um, and we believe, we have not been told this, but um, we kind of think that he may have lived in his crib yeah. and just every time he whimpered, been given a bottle. Um, he's a very big boy. He weighs the same as our two-and-a-half-year-old son and is in 18-month clothing at eight months old. Uh, he is 28 pounds, almost 29 pounds. And um, yeah, he's very, very big. And he cries only for a bottle. And otherwise, he's extremely happy and content to be on his own. And, and um, he had some definite struggles when we would lay him down for bedtime and nap time and um, after a couple of days of just working through that with him and now he's doing amazing and we just lay him down and sing a song and tell him we love him and pray for him and, and he goes right to sleep without even fussing. He actually goes down better than our two-year-old does. <laughs> so um, it's, you know, every kid is completely different, comes with their own set of needs, their own set of problems. Yeah. Every single one is absolutely different, and even this young, they have problems. Yeah, you know? he's only four months old, and he's got lots of issues going on. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of appointments. We probably have four to five doctor's appointments a week, <laughs> and you take I take three kids with me, you know, everywhere I go, and it's a struggle because mom wants a certain schedule so that her three-year-old doesn't have to come with her to the appointments because it's more convenient if she can just come by herself and I drag three kids with me and so my parents actually stopped at a garage sale and bought us a double stroller and um, and we're we're doing good now you just kind of buckle down and do it and it's not too bad um, they're both really great kids all three of them are really really great kids um, our our little nine-month-old should have gone home already. He was supposed to be with us for about three days, um, three to five days, and he has been with us for over three weeks now and um, doesn't look like he is going home anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And our four-month-old we thought would be long-term, possible foster adopt, and um, mom had given up all hope of getting him back and then she met me and later they met Dan um, we just it's kind of hard not to be friends with them it's interesting because when we went into foster care and went to the pride trainings they said you can have them over to your house you can have a relationship with them you can do whatever you want with them you can be completely distant or best friends or whatever um, it's up to you. And I said, we are not having them <laughs> to our house. Right. We, I want as much distance as possible. Even though I have a heart for people and I want to help them, I just didn't want mm. to get tangled up in 
all the logistics of this stuff. Or maybe having dangerous people around our son. Right. Which Knowing where we live. Mm-hmm. Our four-month-old's parents are not dangerous. They've made some um, bad drug decisions, mostly. Um, and because of those decisions, we're not they would sleep instead of taking care of their child, their children. Um, and so that was kind of their thing. But it's hard not to be friends with somebody that you see three and four and five days a week um, for different appointments. And when you have a child that has lots of and lots and lots of medical issues that weren't discovered before, um, it's hard not to be friends with them. And so... Um, Mom and I have become pretty close. Um, we text and, she, you know, we call each other and, and stuff. And they have been to our house one time, and we had decided we wanted to build a relationship with them in order to possibly have them trust us in order to adopt their child. And it's actually kind of interesting because the private agency that we're oh, waiting yeah. at... Um, she had chosen to place her child for adoption, the little guy that we have now, and then two days after his birth, changed her mind because her she and her a new boyfriend had gotten together and they got married about a month after he was born. And he this, this guy had decided to be the dad for all of her kids. And so she... Um, She's going to let the dog in. And so she had mentioned that... She had our portfolio, which is basically just our life in a book with all our pictures and our life story and how we parent and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. And she, we were one of five people, and she had chosen us to do her open adoption. Yeah, small world. Yeah, so it is really interesting. So we, you know, thought, well, we'll build a relationship and... um, and she'll just want to give us her baby, and that will be how it works out. And uh, I guess fortunately or unfortunately, she has felt empowered by um, the guidance that we have given her and um, our abilities or our strengths in parenting she's picked up on and is working on those things with her three-year-old that lives at home with her. Um, And... A lot of it was just um, a lack of education in parenting and in the medical system and how to function in, you know, in this kind of situation or whatever. Yeah, having young kids and caring for them. Right, and how kids respond so much better when they... When you respond calmly instead mm-hmm. of out of anger and frustration, which is hard to do sometimes, but... Right. It is hard. And when you have a three-month-old baby or a newborn baby and a three-year-old and a seven-year-old and you're trying to get somebody to listen and they won't listen and you're screaming and the baby is freaking out and and so then you turn to drugs Um, it gets really hard and so we um, have just been able to be role models almost for them and mentors for both of them um, which has been kind of sad to me because I know now she will. She probably will get her act together and probably will take this little baby that I would love to have. But at the same time, I'm excited to see what God does in her life through us mm-hmm. and um, the way he has stretched us in order to have somebody like this over to our house um, and to, you know, just 
that is kind of our ministry right now is yeah biological parents which with our nine month old we haven't met the parents they have no interest in meeting us um they just want us to follow certain rules that they want to lay out for us and mm-hmm. not really know us so it's kind of a different yeah. relationship so i don't think that we will be friends with every parent uh that comes our way but um, there will be certain ones especially like our little four-month-old's parents so um i think that it's um, important to know the parents in the situation and you know if they're dangerous or not dangerous and yeah um every child and every parents it's all different when i read some comments from the last podcast podcast episodes. episode mm-hmm, that we're talking about how there's a big struggle between um wanting your child your foster child to be reunited with its biological parent because it is their child and to put yourself in their situation um you would want your child back and you would do whatever it took you know to get your child back but at the same time you do bond with them and it's kind of interesting because i it i was nervous that i would bond with this baby like instantly and then they would come and take him away and my heart would be broken and at about 3 weeks i said to dan i if they took him and sent him home i would be okay with it like i don't you know i i just it wouldn't bother me like Let's just whip them through our house. Just like <laughs> line them up. One, two, three, four. Go, we go, We got go. this down. Yeah. And um, just this week, I started crying thinking of him leaving. And I just love him. And I've been through a lot with him already. He's little and has had so many tests done and different doctors and, you know, all these things that are going on with him. And um, it just kind of it hurts that he might leave and so it's hard to wish that somebody would fail because you don't want them to fail yeah but you kind of do so that you (laughs) yes selfishly can have their child so right because we've bonded with him and right and it's only been six weeks i can't imagine some of you who have had your kids six months or a year or two years yeah um and then their parents get their act together right at the last minute and they take them from you Mm -hmm. um it is good that they bond and yeah. Home, you, even if you're happy that their parents, you know, you you're confident that they're going back to a safe, successful home, it's still got to hurt like crazy. Mm-hmm. So. And I agree with somebody posted that. Um, I think Stephanie maybe posted yeah. that it was uh, sometimes you wanted the kids to go home, and I have only had three placements, but I have felt that way. When we had the um, three-year-old here, because of the way she influenced my son and how out of control he got, and just the difficulty in that, I thought, please take this child home. And they ended up sending her home within three days of being at our house. Um, yeah. So I feel I'm glad you posted that because I thought we can't ever say that out loud. But yeah, it's, it's a reality of. Some kids are not meant to be in your home. Right. It's not good for you or for them to have them there because you feel bad for them. They need to go to a home where they fit really well 
which is another thing about adoption, is there is no logical reason that we wouldn't adopt this little nine-month-old given the chance, mm-hmm. but neither of us feel like we want to adopt him. And like, yeah. and he is completely healthy. He's a beautiful child. He's very sweet. He's developing right on schedule, maybe even mm-hmm. a little faster. And there is no reason other than he is so heavy and I can't carry him around and it exhausts yeah. me. And that is kind of... Well, he's as heavy as our two-year-old, but our two-year-old can walk. Right. And, you know, our two-year-old didn't weigh that much while we were still having to carry him. So it's kind of a, you know, different situation that as he shouldn't be weighing this much at this age. So it sounds a little funny, but it's way harder to... I mean, I'm I'm tired after holding him for like a one minute. and But he can't walk and... It's even heavier holding him in the car seat, so... It's, it's hard to enjoy him unless he's sitting on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. So, and, and it hurts to say we wouldn't adopt this child, and I don't know that we necessarily wouldn't in a year, you know, if we had him that long and we started bonding with him. Like I said, we've had him three weeks, and right. we had our four-month-old for six weeks so far, and I just have really bonded with him in the last week, mm-hmm. and where before I was okay if he stayed or went, and now I want him to stay. So, and that may change, but right now yeah. I'm okay if he goes home and um, mm-hmm. lightens my load. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say thanks for the people leaving comments. Uh, someone wrote as comment as Jane Austen fan and foster parent and Stephanie, and then. Uh, D and K and uh, Tim and Wendy from the Foster Parenting Podcast also. Thanks so much. And also, I didn't do a very good job of thanking Tim and Wendy for giving a shout-out to this podcast and sharing some of its listeners to come on over and have a listen to our podcast. So, Tim and Wendy, thank you so much for uh, complimenting this podcast and putting a link in your show notes so that people could come find us. Dan and Krista, you guys are doing a great job, and I've enjoyed hearing your story as you uh, were with your first placement and how that's all been going. So just wanted to thank you guys for that. And thank you to the person who wrote that I should uh, get a break and that (laughs) Dan coming home from work is not a break, and I agree with you. And (laughs) and he is very good about um, letting me go out with friends, and I go out and, you know, go get fondue or just go hang out with him or whatever and so he is very good about giving me time and space so. usually though you get to go out after the kids are down it's true so you've been out a couple times where i have the, all the kids but you're really nice about helping me when i get home to give you a break and you always feed the nine month old when we're eating so i can just eat because i'm always hungry <laughs> i appreciate that you're welcome i appreciate you so we love being foster parents, and it is a lot of work, and yeah. it's a lot more work than having your own child. Um, That's true. But it is definitely worth it um, for mm-hmm. us. You have to document everything, and you know somebody comes and picks your kid up and takes them, brings them back, and you have to be home at six o'clock because they're going to be there at six o five to drop the child off, and if you're late, then you know it's just a 
big mess sometimes and you can't get a hold of the social worker and but they always have to be able to get a hold of you and you know there's just a lot of politics in it but really when you get down to it it's these babies that need love it's they the need kids. somebody to take care of them and um nobody else is defending them and standing up for them and uh unfortunately and I hope not to offend people with this but um parents have too many rights where children have zero and parents get chance after chance after chance um to learn on their child where the children then are messed up for the rest of their lives yeah. and don't have a chance Childhood doesn't stop and wait. Kids keep growing. And there's so many parts of development that happen when you're a newborn and a young child with language and learning that you can never get back. And bonding. I guess bonding is the main thing. You can learn, but uh, speech and, I mean, you're just going to be at a disadvantage and way behind for a long time. And you're going to be playing catch-up for a long time from neglect, but... You can never learn to bond after, I don't know what age, but... Six to 12 months. Okay, six to 12 months. So... And they keep saying, you know, kids are resilient. They'll they'll bounce back from this. They'll bounce back. And um, I have a three, a four-month-old who isn't bonded, who didn't make eye contact until the last maybe three weeks has started doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen three weeks old make better eye contact and have more movement you know, than him, and um, but mom may get him back, and he may back end up back at our house over and over and over, um, but it may be too late for him, but you just have to do what you can while you can, and um, I have an amazing father who finished our basement for us, completely finished it for us for free, Yeah. Um, and we were able to add on two bedrooms and a bathroom, so we now have a five-bedroom house. Doubled the size of our house. Mm-hmm. So we are able to have um, two children downstairs, and we had agreed that we would only take one child, um, and Dan said, I only want one extra child for yeah. six months, maybe a year, <laughs> yeah. and I might not ever want more. Let's take this slow. Yep, and I, I got my second one, and... I I was so overwhelmed for a couple of weeks, and I said, I can't do it. And they said, we need a place for this three-year-old. And so we took her. We said, we're never taking another placement again. <laughs> we're only doing one at a time. And yeah. about, I don't know, ten days later, they said, we have this little baby whose family is sleeping in the park and yeah. blah, 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 blah. We please take him? How do you say no to that? You can't <laughs> say no to that, and it's a baby. So, And it's only three days. Yeah. Maybe five. Three to five days. Come on. <laughs> so then you take him, and three weeks later, we still have him, which he's a joy. He's very happy, mm-hmm. you know, to be here. So um, anyways, it's a huge blessing to have family support. I think that's a big, big deal. Yeah. Um, especially when you have three of them. So mm-hmm. Going from one to two was a lot of work, and two to three has not been a lot of additional work because they are younger, other than it's a lot to carry around. But uh, luckily we have the space now that they each get their own bedroom in their own space, and mm-hmm. um, we're very blessed to have family that support us and, yeah. you know, and, and are helping us with this. So we have a lot of discouragement, too, I think, from um, from. Some people think, they just say, well, why would you do foster care? Why do you need to adopt? 
why don't you just have your own kids? And um, you probably don't know, but I had heart complications after my son's birth during his pregnancy and afterwards and ended up having um, robotic open heart surgery. Um, and at the same time, my nine-month-old, he was nine months old, was in the hospital with a septic blood infection and mm-hmm. full-blown pneumonia. That and was so we, yeah, we had a really rough winter. That was two years ago. Really, really rough. It was, and so um, everybody just keeps. But that is a lot of the reason why we aren't having another child. Mm-hmm. Um, although my heart is fixed and completely functioning normally, mm-hmm. um, it could be it could be a risk and. Um, I am a risk taker, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a baby now that I just love to death, and so right now we are um, just doing foster care mm-hmm. and waiting for an adoption. We're not ruling out the possibility of ever having kids again, but um, bio kids, yeah, biological kids. But right now, this is what we're doing. So, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've heard that once you have. Two, you can have ten, so who knows where we'll stop. (laughs) Yeah, no, how about three is the limit? Oh, we'll see. I wanted two, she wanted five, so I say, let's do three. That's meeting in the middle, right? Right, (laughs) something like that. But we all know who is, I'm maybe the head of this household, but she's the neck that turns it, so. That's right, I can turn the head any way I want to. Yeah. (laughs) So. All right, well, you can find the blog that goes with this podcast at fosteringwithlove.blogspot.com Find us on Twitter at fosterwithlove Uh, We'd love to hear any comments you guys have Um, Katie, thanks for joining me in this episode You're welcome And we look forward to your comments and thanks so much for joining us God bless Music used was Fresh, Deep Drum and Bass Volume 2 by DJ Krause Found at archive.org This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 U.S. License.